Welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Conversations with business expert authors to learn about the author, their expertise, and to help you find your next read. And now, here's your host, best-selling author and CEO of Influence Network Media, Jody Brandsetter. Chris, welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. I'm so excited to hear about this book because I love the title. Um, but before we dive into the Red Chair Experience, tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Well, Jody, thanks for having me, first of all. And um, boy, what do I do? I am a sales and business coach. I've been in sales for over 30 plus years, but I specifically niched down to the trades. So HVAC, plumbing, electrical, anything to do with home services. And because I've been in that business for 19 years. And so I've I've learned over the years how to um, just to excel in sales and that kind of stuff. And I've learned business stuff over the years. And I've taken that to kind of the next step to helping people get to the why behind the why. So I help, basically my tagline is, I help heal the self-inflicted sales harm that people do so that they can be more profitable and um, more successful. Yeah, I actually, um, most of my recruiting career has been in sales recruiting. Um, so I, I love that um, tagline. Sales can be so amazing, but so hard. And then no one really, there's there's uh, assumptions around what a salesperson is and people don't really understand that. And then you have all the negativity that people put around sales. Um, so yeah, I think there's just even some people who, need the healing to get through so they they can be confident that to say I'm a I'm I'm an awesome salesperson. Yeah. And what's unfortunate is a lot of us and, and been there done that, right? So any of the things I teach, if you will, against, I've done it. Okay. I've I've made the mistakes. I've done the, you know, all that stuff. I used to be that sappy salesperson, right? I probably had a plaid jacket with a striped tie and a right, all of that stuff. But what I found is that we're quick to make excuses right? We're, we're quick to take the praise, but we're quick to make excuses too. And so what we don't realize is we're the ones generally who are getting ourselves into trouble. We're the ones who can't make the sale. We don't meet the need. We don't build the value. We don't do the things that we need to do from a sales perspective and really listen to people and help them to understand the benefit to them of our product. Because nine times out of 10, they called us for a reason, right? Most of the time they're calling us to say, hey, I want your product or service, sell me it, let me mm -hmm. buy it, right? And we get in the way and we just trip all over ourselves and we we tend to throw up on people, right? And it just, it's it's so unfortunate. Well, I also feel like with the trades, it's also probably hard because their expertise is the trades, right? It's not selling. So trying right. to be able to mash those together or be able to put their sales hat on when they need to must be really hard for them as well. Absolutely. Well, and here's the cool thing about the trades. Every one of the trades, um, the the technical people within that, they're very linear in the way they think, which is not a bad thing. They're very process driven. And so what we do, unfortunately, is as salespeople is we bounce all over the place, right? So we have to learn how to meet the needs in, an, in a nonlinear way. But if you take a process and put it down on paper, and you say, hey, Jody, I know you're an HVAC technician. Here's the process that you need to do your job. You just sit there and go, check, 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 check. Done. I can do my job, right? And we make it easy. I make it easy when I help people set up sales processes and things like that to, again, 
it's it's helping them to get out of their own way so that they can allow people to purchase from them right and that's really what we want is we want people to purchase from us and so it's setting up that process in such a way that it makes it easy for those that are process driven and very linear in our in our thinking to overcome that and again been there done that right i'm i'm that person too i'm i'm technically minded but i learned how to speak so did you have a linear process when you were writing your book? So tell us, I'm just curious, like how, cause I, I did, I'm a very process driven person. Ask anyone who knows me. So I had a step-by-step approach to my book. Um, so, you know, tell me that, do you have a process or, you know, I guess first, maybe why did you decide to write the book? And then maybe what was your, what was your strategy? All right. Well, Jody, I'm going to, I'm going to trigger warning. Okay. Let me just go ahead and say this now trigger warning. And I'm, I'm kind of joking, but I'm kind of serious about this. Go ahead and pull out the tissues. Um, so I was one of those people that, that had what, um, what we call, um, stressors, right? We don't, we don't call them stressors, but in the psychological world, they're called stressors. So getting married, getting divorced, um, relationships starting, right. Um, birth, a death, right? All of these things, changing job, moving, all of these are called stressors. I had anywhere from two to four of these every year for six years in a row. Okay. And the one that kind of pushed me over the top was in 2019, my, my oldest daughter got married in July. I started working on my, my health. Cause I had been dealing with some health issues for a long time. One of which was gout. And so I, I, I just had to do something different. I was tired of feeling the way that I was feeling and all the things that I was struggling with. And then two months later, my brother would die by suicide. And that six months later, the pandemic started. So there's right. There's these, just this barrage of things that happened. And what I realized, and and I think a lot of people do this when they when they see a person close to them that that passes away, that dies, whether it's by suicide or other means, it jolts them a little bit, and they go, "Holy crap, what am I doing?" Right? And that's exactly what I did. I just went, "What am I doing with my life? I want to write a book," and I I it was always in the back of my head, right? I just want to write a book. But then with my brother's death and the pandemic starting, a buddy sends me a meme, and it says, "If during the pandemic you didn't." work on your side hustle or do something to improve yourself, you wasted your time. It's not that you didn't have it, you wasted it. And so that was the push that that said, okay, it's time to write your book. So to your question, did I have a process? No, what's really funny is I didn't have any clue what I was doing. Um, what I did was I had had these, these daily inspirational, motivational type of books that I was reading. And I went, you know what? That's what I want. I'm I'm in my mid fifties and, and I was at a time where I was like, you know what? I can, I've had this life experience. I've had these, these things that have gone on in my life and it's time for me to give back. And it's time for me to put that down on paper. And that's really what the book is kind of all about is these daily inspirations, right? I take a quote from um, somebody could be Simon Sinek, could be uh, Snoop Dogg, could be. Um, and yes, I did. It could be, um, uh, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of some of the, I mean, I've got some of the Stoics in there, right? I mean, it's just one of those things, John Maxwell, right? I just have all of these people that I've gathered these, these quotes and some really obscure quotes over time. And then I talk about the quote, right? I talk about what does that mean and how does that apply to us? But I didn't have a process, but you know, I, I 
what I did do is I found out that it was easier if I would spend an extra 30 minutes a day writing. And so I got up a little early. And so that was my process, right? Was to be able to get up an extra 30 minutes early to sit down and have that, that time to just focus on writing one or two or three entries that day. I mean, that's, that's a great process. That one of the things I did was I sat down and I, I wrote my book during the pandemic as well. I said yes to mine before the pandemic, because at that point I had a five-year-old. So it was not an easy process to write a book and, and be a teacher, a parent, a best friend, a cook and everything she needed um, all together. But just focusing on that everyday riding can just make your body get so much. It just makes it easier on you, I think. Um, well, let's talk about the title. So Red Chair Experience, where did that come from? I'm, I'm really curious about that. So the red chair is, um, if you've ever seen the cover, and here's here's the cover for those of you watching at home, it's um, the the red chair is my chair. It is a lazy boy. And it was my stepdad's who was one of my business mentors um, years ago, and we lost him in 2016. And so that chair got passed down to my younger brother in 2018. I, I drove to Virginia, picked it up, drove it over to Indiana to my brother, and um, a year later, I would go back to pick it up and take it home myself. And so it's now sits in my ensuite, and it's where I spend my daily time of reflection or meditation or prayer or just feeling feelings. And it's one of those places. It's it, I call it the red chair experience because it, the red chair exemplifies a place. It, it it denotes a place of experience. And so the the word experience then talks about, hey, you, this is a place where you can go and do your thing. So it could be that you have a, a favorite trail that you like to go hiking on or biking on. Uh, it could be the ocean. It could be a favorite stream. It could be a mountaintop. It could be a valley, right? It could be wherever. Um, people talk about their green chairs or their yellow chairs or whatever color chair it is. I mean, it's just a place for people to go and sit and again, just to kind of see what the day is going to bring you and, and maybe feel feelings. Maybe you're just in a, in a place where you just need to sit down and have a conversation with a, the previous owner, which is, you know, I've done that before. So before you had the red chair, did you have a spot or was this kind of part of that journey of learning about what you needed each day? And once you, you know, had the chair, you, you started. So the chair was really kind of a catalyst, right? So, I mean, again, my, with my brother's death and then, and then getting the chair, I'd been, I'd been reading and I had a chair that I would go and sit in, or I'd have a, a, a table or even my office desk, right? Where I'd go and I'd sit. But when I got the red chair, it was, it really became this kind of this symbolic place, right? This, this place that was like, yeah, this is where I'm going to go every single day. And I know um, people that like my girlfriend likes to go and she's got a picnic table that she has in her backyard and she loves to go out and, and she'll sit out there and, and play with her dogs. And right. And that's her, that's one of her places that she likes to go and just spend time and it can be anywhere. And that's, but for me, yeah, it became this place because of, again, the meaning behind it. And it was sitting in the corner of my, my master suite, right. It was, was kind of like, I don't have to go anywhere. I just go sit over my chair and and do that. Yeah, I think it's, you know, during the, the pandemic, they talked about how you had to, you know, kind of 
close your office door at the end of the day because you didn't want to be in work all day or you shouldn't you know, work in your bed um, where you're supposed to sleep or re- or, or watch yeah. TV in bed, right? Because your bed's supposed to be a specific area. And I think we we don't do that enough, like segment parts where it's like, okay, this is, you know, where I sleep. This is where I, you know, read. And But it again, having that consistency with your body, how that can really help you focus on what you're doing versus, you know, every thought that's in your head running right. in and out. Yeah. Yeah. So since you've written the book, what what responses have you heard or what have you experienced or what has been one of your like, oh, I love that this would happen for someone else? Because this this feels like a book that um, to me, if I wrote it, I want to hear people have success from it or learn from it or, or have an aha moment from it. Yeah. That's the really cool thing, Jody. I mean, and, and you know, as, as an author yourself, right? When people respond to you about your book un, un, unrequested, right? Un, unprompted, right? But I've gotten several of those where people will just text me and say, I was reading your book today and it really hit home for me. And it's one of those where it, it almost brings me to tears sometimes because it means that much. It's like, wow, they, they got something out of today, right? They got something out of the things that were prompted or, or, you know, uh, sent their direction. And that's the cool thing. So I, I've gotten text messages. I got an email from somebody, um, out of the blue, right? She just wrote me this very lengthy email and said, thank you so much for your book. It's been an inspiration. Um, one, one woman I met on, um, uh, on pick my brain. It's, uh, <laughs> anyway, so I met her on pick my brain she lives here locally and we said, oh, let's get together and let's meet. She sees my book, reads my book, listens to, because I did the audio version of my book, right? So she listens to all 12 hours of it, 11 and a half, 12 hours of it. And we meet and our 30 minute conversation turns into a two hour conversation. And she had already put together a, a five paragraph and it's on Amazon, by the way, but it she puts together this five paragraph man, this was really awesome. And and she went into great detail. And so, yeah, I mean, those seeing those and, and hearing from people that they just, they got it right. And there was something about it just really hit home for them. And that to me is there's nothing like that. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what a book can actually do for you, for others. You know, it's, it's absolutely a marketing tool. It could be a sales tool. It can help people connect the dots and want to work with you. But also, you know, that your voice is being heard. People are listening to it and they're hopefully using what you have written to help them in some way. Um, so it's that, I mean, I think that's all the reasons why people write are, are for those purposes. It's never, you know, I'm sure, you know, royalties aren't that exciting. Um, it's not like we're, we're the Simon Sinek's in the world. Um, but it's, it's hearing people say, Hey, I got something out of this. I used it this way. Um, those are, you know, that's when you're like, okay, it was worth it. It was worth all the the time, energy, and effort to get this book out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know I'm a firm believer there's nothing new under the sun. So it's not like somebody can't pick pick up my book and go, oh, I've heard that. I've read that. I, I get it. But some of the experiences that I share, they're mine. They're not yours. They're not somebody else's. But it's one of those where they where they hear it and they go, Oh, I get that. I can experience or I can 
I can learn from the experience that's being showed to me, right? And that's, I think as an author, that's a lot of times what we're trying to do is we just want to, we we hope that somebody can learn something from the experiences that we get, that we had so that they don't have to go through it. I, I think it was um, Eleanor Roosevelt who said, life's too short for us to experience everything, right? We have to learn from others' experiences. And I'm paraphrasing, but it, and I use that quote in the book, but that's one of those things where we don't have time to go through all the experiences. But if we could listen and hear from other people, we might be able to learn and pick up that knowledge so we don't have to go through it. Yeah. Well, I think that our audience is going to be very interested in connecting with you and also learning from you, just like what you said from the Eleanor quote. So tell us, how can we connect with you and what's the best way to buy the book? Sure. The best way to get it is if you want a signed copy, go to theredchairexperience.com. And if you want to pick it up on audio or digital or anything else, Amazon's probably the best. You can do Barnes & Noble, right? I mean, you can even pick it up on Spotify, which I was really surprised at. But you can pick it up on uh, anywhere you can buy a book. But if you want a signed copy here in the States, you have to uh, go to my website. Wonderful. Well, Chris, it's been wonderful having you on the the podcast. And thank you so much for, for spending some time with me today. Thank you, Jody. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Smarts Business Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and share this episode with a friend. In the meantime, if you're interested in learning more about possibly becoming an author yourself, please visit OvernightAuthor.com for more information. Until next time.